Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky to my left. Brian Haydad to my right, Brian's got Rippy to his right. We are glad to have you along for the ride on this Monday afternoon across the Magnolia State, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks. It's going to be fun this afternoon. I have. Uh, I was thinking about this driving over. I'm not sure that there's a show, one, that I've looked more forward to, and two, I thought there was more to get to in a three-hour window than what we've got coming up for you over the next three hours this afternoon. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online, mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. Are you interested in financing land, or are you a farmer with other financing needs that are related to land? Well, Mississippi Land Bank can help with all of those things. They've been financing land for 100 years, a cool century. They've got it figured out, and they're fantastic people to deal with online, mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. Sports Talk on location today. We are at College Corner, and it is the Flowood version of College Corner. We've been in the past a couple of times to the uh, the Ridgeland store. It's a great store. Well, now there's a new location in Flowood, and when I say brand new, literally three minutes ago, there was an asphalt truck that they were finishing off a new part of the parking lot behind us that was loading up, and they had one of those handheld compactors, and the guy was like rattling it all the way across the parking lot. Perfect timing, though, because they've moved on. So, boys, what's up? How are you today? Borky? I spent my Saturday after the SEC championship game jealous of you. Everybody was talking about Jalen Hurts and how great it was, and I kept thinking, I am so jealous that Richard Cross got to see that and witness that in person. Yeah. Because that was – I mean, the SEC championship has not been fun recently. No, it that was an entirely different story. It was an Saturday. entirely different story, and I'll, I'll tell you all about it coming up uh, in, in just a little while after we kind of walk through what all we're going to try and get into this afternoon. I will tell you, it was my favorite SEC championship game. We started going to that game 11 years ago, and I've missed one. I think I missed. Uh, I had to do a basketball game at South Carolina a few years ago and just couldn't get out of that to, to go to the game. Uh, it's the best one that I've seen in person, and the atmosphere was uh, was unbelievable. Good to see you. Um, I was just messing with you a minute ago. You think I'm mad. You think I'm making you mad. I, I, I was telling Rhino just a few minutes ago, Ryan, Will East, by the way, in the studio this afternoon, the coolest thing about working with Michael Borky, if you look at him, he's got these little buttons all over it, and they're real easy to push. And if you just push one little button, you immediately get a reaction. It's so fun. What's up, my man? That's the best part about working with me. Well, I mean, <laughs> among other things. Uh, among other that, things. That is a really low bar you've set for me. Hey, Dad, what's up? What's going on, man? Happy Monday. 
That it is. That it is. Glad to have you back with us. Hey, I thought Mississippi State got a really good win on Friday night. You may have kind of poo-pooed the idea earlier last week when I said, that's a big test going to Dayton. No, no. Dayton is a good basketball team. There were over 13,000 people at the arena. That's a tough road environment. Passionate fan base. And I just seen them a week and a half ago. That's a good team. That was a good win. And down 51-44 late in the second half and going a 21-7 run to close it out. Finishing. Finish it out, 65-58 is the final score. State this game, Saturday against Clemson, next Saturday against Cincinnati, that will tell the tale for Mississippi State. Yeah, I would would certainly agree with that. Rippy, you saw the unveiling of the – they weren't powder blue, but the blue uniforms at uh, at the pavilion, they looked good on TV, or at least on the pictures. Yeah, I thought they were. Oh, hold on. Doggone it. This guy. <laughs> there we go. It's almost like I've never done this before. There we go. Try again. Yeah, I thought I thought they were fine. Uh, powder blue at this school seems to be a spectrum. I can't figure out what quite powder blue is. There's some darker ones, some wider ones. But I thought it looked fine, and they played pretty well, uh, which is probably what was important in Kermit Davis's mind. But 2-0 um, week. They beat a pretty good San Diego team earlier in the week, too. Yeah. So pretty solid week, and now they get a week off for exams. And They're playing hard, aren't they? They do. They play hard on both ends. They're not always the most sound defensively, but they're getting better. They've, they've gotten better at the 1-3-1 and some of those other things. But, yes, yeah, certainly playing harder and, and within a little more structure at both ends. They play hard because Matt Luke speaks to them before every game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's it. Everybody plays hard for Matt Luke. Man, just shut up and enjoy your bowl invitation for a little while. Jeez. All right, what happened this weekend? Alabama and Georgia, SEC championship game. You got a little bit of a, I don't know if redemption story is the right way to say it, but there was like a nice payoff for Jalen Hurts in the uh, in the same venue in which he lost his starting job on the biggest of stages a little less than a year ago in the national championship game to Tua Tonga-Vailoa because of an injury to Tua that, by the way, he had surgery on an ankle earlier today, Jalen Hurts is called on. And when he is called into the game, Alabama trails by a touchdown, and he promptly drives, uh, um, leads an 80-yard touchdown drive, and it's tied at 28, and he gets another opportunity, and he leads a go-ahead touchdown drive. There are inexplicable, inexplicable decisions made, especially on the Georgia side of the ball during that game. We'll dive deeper in just a moment. Oklahoma, even the score this year with Texas, but this time it was in a game that mattered more than the first time around. Did you guys watch much of uh, horns? Uh, Borky's horns downing over here. I just that wish would be they an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on you. I just wish they would have done it and gotten one anyway. But yeah, Oklahoma, even though their defense is horrendous and it was still pretty bad against Texas, won the game for them. I heard someone make the observation. I think it was an Oklahoma fan calling into some radio show last night said, "As bad as the Oklahoma defense has been all year, isn't it interesting that ultimately Oklahoma is in the college football playoff because?" Of its defense. Yeah. yeah. The defensively, I've mentioned this on the show a few times. Bob Shoup always says, even in a 45-44 kind of game, somebody's defense makes a play to win the game. Yeah. And that's what Oklahoma's defense did. Yeah, they've been getting beat up all year, but in every game except for one, and they got revenge for it, the defense has done enough that Kyler Murray, what, what he did offensively, was enough to win. And, and, and that's all that matters. And, and Rippy, the, uh, the West Virginia game, if you rewind to the Friday night after Thanksgiving, crazy scoring game, but they got two defensive touchdowns in that game and then got a couple of huge stops in the second half against Texas. 
They did. There was just a lot of bad in between those things. But, yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> well, yes, if they, you want to throw a big old wet blanket right on top of the story. Well, to me, watching so that to, to me watching that game was why people rag on the Big 12, right? That was the quintessential, you know, bad tackling, no defense Big 12 game. But to y'all's point, their, their defense has done enough, and they certainly are in there because of their defense. I thought they played pretty well. Alabama Saturday. is going to score on every possession. You sell if you are Oklahoma and you get a single stop, it's a big deal. <laughs> Catcher, no, you need field goals. You just kind of like the old Miss mindset. You, you, you need, need field, field goals. goals because that defense is incapable. If two is healthy, they're incapable of stopping people through the air. They you, cannot you, do you, it. You can't let you can't break serve. It's, it, if Alabama scores, Oklahoma has to answer. Hey, here's a hot take for you. If Tua had stayed healthy, Georgia would have won the SEC championship. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's an interesting way. I agree with right, that. Though. Well, here, You're right, though. Do, do you want to know why I think that? Tell me, yeah. Tua was not moving around particularly well in that game, yeah. and Georgia was able to get to him. Jalen Hurts hasn't really done anything in a month. He's had time to heal, and his mobility, even though Tua's a good runner, his mobility is better than Tua Tagovailoa's. And if you look at the plays that he made, he got outside the pocket on the touchdown pass that tied the game. It was a called run where he kind of flooded everything to the right and then took up up the gap uh, where he got into the end zone, made some plays with his feet, avoided a couple of sacks. I don't think that Tua Tagovailoa does that if he stays in the game, and I think you'd be talking about Georgia as the what the two seed behind Clemson and Alabama as a four seed. Yeah, that's what we'd be talking about today. I don't disagree. He'll with probably you. have enough time to get healthy. But what do you do if it if you go out against Oklahoma and they kind of struggle on the first couple of drives and then Oklahoma puts up a couple of points? Like you know, obviously Oklahoma's defense will offer much less resistance. But what if Tua does not look right on those first couple of drives? What do you do? Well, if he doesn't look right in the days leading up to it, don't you just go with Hurts? You just go with Hurts. Yeah. Right. Didn't you think that last year, though, at some points when they thought they might just bench Hurts and go with two, and it took him to the last half of the season to do it? I, I think Nick Saban would make that call when he felt like the game was hanging in the balance and there was a point of no return. We know that he'll make the call. We know that for sure. If, if he has to make the call, he will. Uh, you had the Big Ten championship game. It was uh, it was kind of boring, Ohio State-Northwestern. Did, did yeah, you guys what? Big Ten football boring? Well, it, one team was just much better than the other. They yeah. were. I didn't watch any I of mean, that. Northwestern kind of hung around for a while. Tried. They just, I mean, they're really well coached. They yeah. just don't have the athletes to match up. It right. took Clemson about 30 seconds to win the game against uh, Pitt. <laughs> Opening carry for Etienne. He takes it to the house and... You know, it's like he's got guys close to him that are about to tackle him, and then he just uh, just kind of keeps uh, accelerating and running away. College football playoff is now set. Bama won. Uh, let's see. Number two is Clemson. Number three is Notre Dame. And number four is Oklahoma. And the question is, did the committee get it right? They got it right. They got it right. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't justify leaving out Oklahoma. Got it right based on what? That's. That's the four. I hate to use the word deserves. I hate it. But, but deserves is not their mission. I, I, but, the, I, but it doesn't matter for the, me. The, the, the charter for the college football playoff committee is to put the four best teams in a four-team playoff to determine a national to champion. Me, Do they have the four it's, best it's teams It's negligible in? enough that you can that putting Oklahoma in doesn't offend my sensibilities. It's not always that simple, though, because at some point results have to matter whether who's actually better, right? Because if you're talking about four best, no one actually thinks Notre Dame should be in there. That's correct.
Georgia would be in there. But at some point, in the, if you win all your games, the results have to matter. Oh, this is what I was talking about. We just don't have enough time today. we got a whole bunch more coming up. Don't go anywhere. Tell you how you can connect with the show next in the Renaissance Bank studio. Today, we're live from College Corner in Flowood. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. All right, if you're in the Jackson metro area today, it's worth the uh, the trip to Flowood. Come down Lakeland, you know where Half Shell is? Well, right next to Half Shell is where we are at College Corner. Two locations now. You've got the original location in Ridgeland and now in Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you mention Sports Talk Mississippi when you come in, you will get 20% off your total purchase. So it's simple. Shop for whatever it is you want. Get to the cash register. Just about to ring everything up and say, oh, I heard about it on Sports Talk Mississippi. I was listening to the guys earlier today, and they will quickly knock 20% off of your purchase. There's plenty of Mississippi State gear on the inside. And by the way, bowl game merchandise is coming. They would have liked to have turned it around overnight, but it takes a little bit longer than that. And so bowl game merchandise uh, hopefully will be here later this week. Uh, got Ole Miss gear here as well. There's some Southern Miss gear in there, uh, Some a few other random teams. And then also you've got some high school merchandise. I saw some of that yeah. uh, hanging on the racks back there as well. So uh, a lot of really good stuff. We crowned six state champions in the state of Mississippi this weekend, all six from the north half of the state. How about that? Yeah, the, the one there was one team that won from South State, but they, it was Louisville, I think is what I read. Louisville's in the north. Well, is Poplarville in the north? Where's Poplarville? I think Poplarville's in the south. Will, Will would be the guy to answer Will answer this questions. question. Help me out here. Did somebody from the south, south win, but they're actually up in north Mississippi? No, all the north teams won Poplarville. Well, they lost, is, so that's not, uh, that's not the one I'm thinking of. This. It's near Pearl River Community College, so it's kind of, I guess you would consider that south. All right, I must have missed Hey, hey, Dad, stick with me. I'll take you places, buddy. It's okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State got its bowl assignment. They will be playing the Iowa Hawkeyes yeah. in the Outback Bowl. Does that mean Mississippi State fans can now go eat it Outback again? Well, this Mississippi State person has been eating it Outback the whole time. Never really checked I never up. really got away I've from that. I've seen that reference. What is that? Yeah. All right, so uh, back in 1999 when State went 9-2. It's a long grudge that's been It's a long held. grudge. 92. 99, State was 9-2. and two. They did not get to the Outback Bowl that year, even though they should have by – the way the picking order went, and Georgia went at seven and four. State got into the Peach Bowl, which was not what it is now, to play a six and five Clemson team that they just manhandled, and uh, state fans were not happy about it. So, message boards at the time organized an Outback Steakhouse boycott that has been going on ever since. <laughs> not for this guy. The Chocolate Thunder from Down Under has happened with Brian Haydad. Wait, is that your nickname, or are you talking about the dessert? No, I'm not chocolate. I'm more of a caramel color. Okay, but, uh, there you go. But, yes, so eventually, now that, that boycott can finally be brought to an end. Uh, so there you go. So. Uh, 20 years of angst, pent-up frustration, all let out. Uh, go get you a porterhouse. Let's, let's go. Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa Hawkeyes are the opponent. The rest of the SEC got its bowl assignments as well. Southern Miss left out of a bowl despite having the requisite number of wins necessary. They were 6-5. and five. Uh, Needed to get one more. Uh, yeah. So if you could rewind and redo it uh, against ULM, that's probably the one you would point to where you go, 
Ugh, if we just had that one, it might have been the difference. Could they have found somebody to play in that final? I guess the state championship games may, may have messed it up. They would have had to go on the road, but found somebody that they thought they could beat to get a seventh win. They tried. They, they tried to do it, but uh, Akron got gobbled up by South Carolina, and uh, Marshall played Virginia Tech, and there, there were some others uh, just ran out of options. In addition to that, John Gilbert, the athletics director, and by the way, a really, really good guy, has been named East Carolina's athletics director. Bill Snyder has retired for the second time in his career from Kansas State. Tuatonga Vailoa had surgery earlier today. And Ole Miss, it appears, is zeroing in on one or two candidates for defensive coordinator. See, how are we going to do all of that in three hours today? We'll figure it out. We've got four days left in the week, though, so there's plenty of time. We're going to hit on the high points today. All right, let's start with SEC championship game. Everybody in the country is talking about this. Um, for those of you that watched it, text us, 601-879-4395, the C Spire text line, C Spire customer inspired. Please don't text and drive. 601-879-4395. Was that the best game of the college football season? Straw poll here quickly. It's, because it's of so what was on the line. Okay. Yes. All right. Hey, Dad? I can live with because of that. The stakes were higher than any other game this season. Uh, and, and, the, and, of course, the quality of play between those two teams, all that NFL talent out there. Yeah, I don't have a problem with you giving it that label. Rippy? Yeah, I, I, th- I would agree pretty easily. I would say it's not even close. I mean, from, like, the talent level in the field to the quality of the play on both sides, I think yes, and the stakes as in well. The story, the story helps. Yeah, it does. If, if it was just Tua that won that game, it – it still would have been a great game and all that. It just wouldn't feel the way this one does. Look, two of the four best teams in the country were playing each other. See what I did there? I got you. See what I did there, boy? I got you. Uh, all right. So, got into the stadium about half an hour, maybe 35, 40 minutes before kickoff. Uh, it was a gray day. It was raining, it, you know, kind of intermittently. It wasn't cold, but it was, certainly wasn't warm. But look. Inside the stadium, first of all, if you've not been to an event in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I don't care if you're talking about a Falcons game, a college football game, uh, an Atlanta United game, and by the way, they're hosting the uh, the championship. Portland Timbers. Got the Portland Timbers coming yes, to town for an MLS championship. Put almost double the people for their semifinal game in that stadium than the Falcons did yesterday. What was their celebration I saw a couple days ago then? The, that was the semifinal. That sends them okay. to the, the Super Bowl of Major League Soccer. So over the last four months, my roommate's been trying to explain to me how soccer works, and I'm still at the you, you kick a ball. You kick a ball in that. Yeah. yeah, it's not hard. I meant the structure of professional <laughs> soccer yeah. across score, the world. Score more than the other team. It's uh, it's kind of like everything else. Um, first of all, so so if you have been to an event in that stadium, you will understand this. Uh, something about the acoustics in that building make it exponentially more loud than the Georgia Dome was. It, you've all been to the Georgia Dome for mm-hmm. for events, whether it's basketball or football or been a concert one. or whatever. And and the Georgia Dome wasn't quiet, but it never had that just like like ear pulsing volume level in it my ears hurt on the ride home on saturday night it was loud i would say the crowd was probably 70 30 georgia maybe 65 35 but alabama's fans stayed engaged for the entire ball game and it was just it was really really good alabama missed some opportunities early in the game that irv smith drop was really big Jerry Judy had a drop relatively early in the ball game. Not characteristic for them either. No, no, there were some mistakes early in the game. 
Uh, I thought Alabama got some calls. Uh, what? Wait, whoa. wait, wait, wait. Breaking news. Which is counterintuitive, though. I mean, it's not a conspiracy. They just got some breaks with the officiating. The refs, if they really wanted to rig the game, should have done so for Georgia because Georgia and Alabama both would have made the playoffs. Exactly. So. I have only one complaint. Only one. And, and I don't mean this like from a, oh, my gosh, that's such a – the SEC a couple of years ago allowed stadiums – all 14 schools to show the replay process, right? Yeah. So if something is being replayed, what do you get inside the stadium? Over and over and over, you get to watch the review. Right. Not at the SEC championship game. They got that great big old Halo video board uh, kind of up inside the roof, and it's divided into eight screens. Four of them are for sponsor stuff or stats, and then four of them are video boards. So everybody in the stadium can see clearly this massive HD video board. If you're walking in the concourse, there is a there is a TV every nine feet. I mean, there might be nine thousand televisions <laughs> in the exteriors. You, you can watch the game from anywhere. Almost no replays. Yeah. Any controversial play on the field, no replay. Review process, yeah, we'll show you a replay after they announce whether the review was upheld or turned over or whatever. They're becoming self-aware. Well, you got to stop that. <laughs> you don't you like SEC that? Skynet? You, it's what? ridiculous. We need to uh, – You want accountability is a strong word, but the fact that the people in the stands can't see the replays – Then everybody on television yeah. is seeing. Television, by the way, it, did the, uh, it was the second highest rated SEC championship game in the history of that program being on television, it was the highest-rated college football game of the season by a lot, right? Yes. Well, Significant it did a, it number. Did a 13-5. Is, that, Something like that, is yeah. that the number that I saw? Which I, it, I've got to double-check, but it, you're what, right on the biggest Did you ever see a viewership number? Not like actual audience, eyeballs? No. I can try to find it for you. Uh, anyway, it, so, so the, the, the atmosphere was great. The environment was great. I thought the football was really good. Uh, Jake Fromm is playing at an absolutely elite level. And, Rippy, you and I were talking earlier today. It's been going on, what, for six six weeks? Probably about that. Uh, yeah, a month, maybe a little over a month. He had that shaky strike. It seemed like the field's talk really picked up, what, mid-October, and then kind of since then he's played pretty well. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So what do they do with fields going forward? That's That's the question I was asking when he signed, you know, you're coming into a situation where you're behind a guy who had a tremendous freshman year who's only going to get better, who they keep adding pieces to the offense, so it's not like his his starting his, uh, his cast is going down. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Combination of running backs. Would you take DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield or Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb? I'll go Chubb and Michelle. I mean, I think Chubb and Michelle's the answer. But DeAndre Swift Good. is special. And Holyfield had some big runs in the game as well, and they're both physical. There was one play in the game, and I, and I was kind of thinking with, with a backdrop of Ole Miss and Mississippi State and kind of what we had seen out of them throughout the course of the year where DeAndre Swift gets a handoff, Alabama blows up the play, and he goes lateral to the line of scrimmage. He's, he's running parallel to the line of scrimmage. That's a recipe for disaster, right, especially against Alabama's defense. He gets to the corner, turns it up, and picks up a first down, like a 10-yard first down. And not many guys in the country that do that against Alabama's defense. More coming up with you, Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Take the friggin' wax out of your head. Did you hear me? 
This is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi live on this Monday afternoon from College Corner in Flowood, right next to Half Shell Restaurant. A bit of a landmark. Most people know where that is. If you come by and say you heard about College Corner on Sports Talk Mississippi, you will get 20% off on your purchase through the close of business this afternoon. Mississippi State Bowl Game merchandise will be here hopefully by the end of the week. And what a great place to do some uh, some Christmas shopping for the uh, the Rebel or the Bulldog fans in your life. Not a bad idea at all. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott, Rippy, glad to be with you this afternoon. All right, so is is which storyline is being more talked about post SEC championship game? Jalen Hurts coming into the game and winning it for Alabama, or Kirby Smart, and the decision to try a fake punt from midfield on 4th and 11 with two minutes to play in a game tied at 28. I feel like the former is being talked about the most, but the latter should be. Because that's just an indefensible play call. I mean, I'm not As saying- if Alabama didn't know who Justin Fields was. They were you in punt you safe. You were going to hide him in your they formation? They were in punt safe. Yeah. Just the entire Thanks idea. Put the defense though. out there. I mean, it's not like Alabama has a rock-solid kicker. You punt it, worst-case scenario, it's at the 20. Now you got to go, what, 60 yards to have a comfortable With, with as good as Jalen Hurts is with the backup quarterback. But it's just – I'm not saying anybody – like, obviously he's not getting fired, nor should he be. But that's how – those are the kind of calls that get people fired. I mean, yeah. that is just un, – it's unbelievable. And I was asking Richard earlier today – you know, it seems like Kirby's been the clone of Saban in the sense that they recruited a high level and he's built this machine of a program. But it seems like his in-game management is going to be their downfall in games like that. Against Alabama, last two meetings, there have been a combined 290 plays. National championship game a year ago, SEC championship game this year, 290. Alabama has led for a total of nine plays. And they are two and zero against Georgia. What'd you say about basketball or finishing? You got to finish. Following you, how you finish? The minutes dispersion. Georgia's led 119 minutes of those yeah. games. Going into the fourth quarter, Georgia had a 30 minutes to 15 minutes advantage in time of possession against Alabama, and they let it get away. Now, with all of that said, uh, okay, first let's back up for a second. Kirby's post game explanation for punting it. Well, we've had that play with us all year long. Actually, we've really had it for two years now. We've been carrying it with us everywhere. We practiced it some more this week, and I told the guys if we had an opportunity to run it, we would run it. And then they ran it. But they really didn't have an opportunity to run it. Probably yeah, it, should have left it at home. It's it's all in the timing. You know, you can have the best design play in the world, and, hey, if this executes and hits, we're going to score. And he went but, on to say it was there. We just didn't snap it fast enough. They made an adjustment and they covered it. Well, guess what? If you didn't snap it fast enough and you've got that call, call play called, out. you have to be in an official's ear ready to call timeout yeah. if they make an adjustment. Stop because that you, you don't have the option of that play not working. To me, that's not a defensible stance, though, because whether it was there or not, that, the time, that was not the time or place to do that. Because I mean, he, can, he can't say that it he was He said, wrong. we came here to win. That, that's, he, he, because he can't say it was wrong. 
Why yeah. can't you, though? You should why, be able why can't to. You own it? Why can't you say, you know what? It's a really disappointing loss today. And, boys, this one's on me. I thought that making the, uh, the fake punt call was the right call. I thought it gave us the best chance to win the game. Alabama had all the momentum. We loved what they were doing defensively. But I shouldn't have made that call in that situation. I should have played for overtime. A lot of people would have respected that today, but he Woo. college Woo. football coaches are incapable of saying, I made the wrong call. Point they can't the thumb, not the finger. And it seems like in this case, though, he is really convicted that that was going to work and that was going to be the right thing to do. Like He probably knows deep down that was probably a bonehead decision, but like listening to him talk afterward, he literally he seemed very convinced and spoke with a lot of conviction that – it was open, and if they had snapped it in time, they were going to get it. But do you still call him a genius even if they get it? To me, that's just wildly well, lucky. Exactly. You get like that Les Miles reputation. You yeah. Know? Les Miles wasn't a genius. He wasn't making these ridiculous calls and outsmarting everybody. He was getting lucky. He rolls the dice, and, and he was hitting. What, what is the yardage? Well, no, I don't think there's a defense, regardless of yardage, to run it's a not fake punt in that situation. Oh, I think it's, 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 what, it's what the no, no, defense lines up No, for the fake punt. There. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't go for it there, but what's the yard to to go for it on fourth down? Fourth, oh, fourth, and, fourth and one, and three fourth and two or less in 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 inside the you know you're between the forties. Sure, I, I don't think the, the yardage matters. Well, I, I I do. I think fourth and four, fourth and five. It's a different story because, and I don't mind the fake punt in that situation because there's at least an element of surprise to it, and you're not lining up and that, they're saying yeah. no, we're going for it. So I don't mind that, but fourth and eleven. I mean, the, my God. The issue, the other issue for me though is fourth and two, fourth and three. I always say this: like, if it's fourth and two, and you and you you want to go, leave your offense out there. Leave, let I would rather have Fromm running the show there than anybody else. You know, I, the Saints do this a lot sometimes, and it drives me crazy. I like what they do with Taysom Hill sometimes, but fourth and two, give Breeze the ball. I've not watched enough Georgia football this year to know if Justin Fields has been an up back all season long. But I don't know. I, I don't either. That 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 kid, I, I will never understand. I understand you, you think you're great and you're gonna be, you're you're gonna be the man, but what what does it come down to? Georgia and who? He was committed to Penn State, to be honest with you, and uh, he decommitted. Yeah, from I wouldn't them. want to play for James Franklin either. <laughs> well, I mean, he would have been playing for Joe Moore, he thought, you know, playing that offense. And uh, then when he decommitted from them, Auburn was the hot topic for a while. Florida sort of got in the game with him a little bit with uh, when Dan Mullen got there. Uh, he was looking at, at Alabama for a little bit. But, I mean, why, why, why do that to yourself? Why, you know, it's going to be a battle. Why yeah. not put yourself into a better position? I, J- Justin Fields, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him as far as his career goes. And one comment on the C Spire text line, if the play had worked, he would have been a genius. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think he, he would have been wildly lucky. Yeah, nobody calls Les Miles a genius. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, no, he, he, he used to do those crazy plays all the time. He'd be like, Les Miles rolling the dice, but I never said genius. That aside, Georgia's time is coming. Oh yeah, we we will lose Alabama. Alabama is always going to be an elite college football program, but when Saban retires, they will regress because he's the greatest don't, coach of all don't time. Don't hold your breath over there, by the way, on that that first statement. No. Alabama will not always be an elite college. They were not an elite college football program when Saban got there. They can screw it up just like they, anybody. They else. can screw it up, but they've got the the dedication and the money and the resources and the in state talent and and all of that stuff to where they can. Even if you can always make a wrong hire, but it's easier for them than anybody else. That being said, Georgia's time is coming. Yeah, I agree with that. And Kirby Smart's time is coming. It's 
I mean, they they made a national title game. It's here, but yeah. I mean, dominance. Okay, so so Jeff Dantzler, my buddy in Athens, who uh, works for the Georgia Bulldogs radio network, I saw him tweet earlier today, and I want to get it exactly right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up. He tweeted, uh, "So close to being reigning champs, back to back SEC champs, and playoff bound." Yeah, think about that. Yeah, this is just year two and three. Yeah. No, he's look. Georgia is three years removed from getting smoked, like annihilated by Ole Miss in Vaughn Hemingway Stadium. Yeah, and Kirby's players are still young. Yeah, and he's continuing to recruit at an elite level. Yeah. All right. So let's turn the page just for a second because Alabama deserves a lot of credit. I think. Um, and, and here's why: yeah, best team, best coach. And I said to Rippy earlier today, we were talking as we were. He passed me doing about a hundred on on I fifty five. That's not how like I that. remember it. Yeah, well, <laughs> selective memory. There's something about Alabama. They're so good, and they have been for so long. There is not a scenario in a football game where they don't believe they're going to win. That's correct. And then they go out and they make the plays. And Rippy made the point, and I think it's a really good one. The remarkable part about that is. They have to do that like once or twice a season. They're never in close games, and yet they know how to win close games. Because even if it's once or twice a season, I mean, the the freshmen and sophomores see it. Yeah, and it, they're, they're there every year. Their it's practices probably, are probably tougher than. But any think about game how they in. did it. It's probably a refreshing change, though, right? It probably gets boring and monotonous to blow people out all the time like that. That's probably kind of the few moments they live for, and they probably. I mean, you never want to put yourself in that situation, but as a player, I would imagine you might want to be in that more often. And it's the culture too, because you have so many people that say it just takes players to win in college football, and that could not be further from the truth. Got to have players. You have to have them. But the, the culture and the persona that Nick Saban forces these kids to have is why they're so calm and big games don't matter to them because of how well coached they are. They, that, is, uh, that is 100% accurate. One thing that I feel like has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle, Georgia missed a chip shot 30-yard field goal yeah. with maybe the best kicker in the SEC. Yeah. Being up three scores on Alabama is a lot different than two. If you're up 17 versus up 14, that's huge. That 10-minute stretch in the third quarter where they missed the field goal and then they picked Alabama off and didn't capitalize at all seemed to cost them just as much as the, you know, them kind of throwing up on themselves late. That that seemed to be the two points where they lost the game. Because I remember sitting turning to someone next to me at the time and being like, "This if they lose it, like they're that 10-minute stretch is going to come back and hurt them." Admittedly, I was at the game with good friends. And we, we go every year. So this is something I look forward to all year long. But Borky's point earlier was SEC championship game has been pretty boring. We've seen a bunch of blowouts in that game. That is as, as much fun as I have had watching a football game in which I had no investment. I wasn't cheering for the team, uh, you know, one team or the other. You know, I wasn't going to lose any sleep regardless of who won. But to be able to just sit – and watch that game unfold in that environment with that level of passion, with the stakes that high, that's as much fun as I've had at a football game in a long time. we got more coming up. tell you a little bit more about College Corner when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi.
Beastie Boys. Oh, we're going Beastie Boys on what? Monday. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. The start of hour number two. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott, Rippy. Glad to have you along for the ride. You can tweet the show at Sports Talk M I S S. That's the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed. Let me clean something up from earlier. We talked about the uh, state champions and we're debating as to whether or not one of the six was actually from the South. And Brian Haydad, who was questioning that, uh, actually was right. So Nanawaya, uh, the hometown of Bart Gregory. That's right, Nanawaya. Yeah. And uh, Van Chancellor also, I think. I believe you're correct, yeah. Um, even though they are technically in North Mississippi, they are uh, they play in the South. Yeah. So the North won five that, of the that six happens a lot, state champs, championships. St. Aloysius, when they went to the state championship game a couple of years ago, they were in North State against Natchez Cathedral. St. Aloysius in Vicksburg. It's south of Jackson, but they yeah. were the North State champion. Yeah, that's odd. But uh, I guess you break it up however it is that uh, it is, yeah. you got to break it up. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online, mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. Are you a farmer? Well, if you're a farmer, you got to have tractors. got to have combines or cotton pickers or plows. you got to have spray rigs, all the stuff that goes with the farm. Well, you need equipment loans for a lot of those things. Unless you're that rare guy that's just going to pay cash for everything, which nobody really does that anymore. Or very rarely is that done anymore. So how are you going to go about your financing? Well, one way you can go about it, and I would say maybe the best way you can go about it, is to give the folks at Mississippi Land Bank a call. But it's not just equipment. Maybe you're acquiring a new piece of property to add to the size of a farm. Maybe it's crop loans. Maybe you're refinancing an existing loan. Mississippi Land Bank can help with all of those things. They've been loaning money. They've been in the land financing business for a cool 100 years, and they would be happy to visit with you about whatever it is that you need. You'll be glad that you visited with them, even if you choose maybe not to to start a partnership today because they're fantastic people, and they want to help you with what's best for you and for your business. Mississippi Land Bank, they know the lay of the land. Normally at this time, we would give you winners and losers, and maybe we should do that right now, but I just feel like there's a lot to get to, so we'll put that on hold. Maybe we'll circle back to winners and losers tomorrow. Mississippi State found out yesterday that it is playing in the Outback Bowl in Tampa. We made jokes about the Outback boycott, whatever, a little while ago, but Mississippi State uh, gets a nice reward for the season uh, that it had uh, going to the Sunshine State, playing a Big Ten team, pretty good time slot, New Year's Day, what kicks at 11 a.m., I think, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m.? 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, Okay, for, for those of us who are headed that way. Yeah, so uh, 11 a.m. Central time, you wake up, and that's about the first game that, that kicks off, so a neat way to start New Year's Day. What has been the initial reaction, Brian, from Mississippi State fans? Very positive. Very, very positive. This was the bowl game State fans wanted. This was the one. They, they, you know, no, no offense to Nashville, to Houston, uh, but State fans wanted to, to get to this bowl game. And it's a completely fresh matchup for MSU. Not only is it a bowl that you haven't been to, it's an opponent you've never played before. You, know, you didn't get stuck. You know, there, were, there had been some rumors they were going to play Northwestern, uh, who is a team State played a few years back in 2000. Uh, I guess it would have been the 2013 uh, Gator Bowl after the 2012 season. Um, there were, there were talks about you know going to the Music City Bowl and playing NC State, who you just played a couple years ago, and who is on your schedule coming up in a couple of years. So uh, a fresh. Like both of those would have been boring. They would have been boring, and this is a 
I'll tell you what, Richard, if you're an, an old-school football guy, if you like three yards in a cloud of dust, tough defense, running the football, I've got the game for you. It's at noon on New Year's Day between Mississippi State and Iowa. This should be a, a really good, physical, fun football game. Iowa went 8-4 and four this season. They were 5-4 and four in the Big Ten, so nine conference games. Started the season with a win over Northern Illinois. They beat Iowa State. That is a rivalry game. They beat Northern Iowa. Then lost to Wisconsin 28-17. That was uh, the last Saturday, well, next to last Saturday in, uh, in September. In October, beat Minnesota, beat Indiana, beat Maryland, then back-to-back losses. They lost to Penn State. 30-24, to 24, that was on the road, and then they lost a two-point game at Purdue, 38-36. And then, I said two in a row, they actually lost three in a row. They lost 14-10 to 10 to Northwestern, bounced back with a 63 to nothing trouncing of Illinois, and beat Nebraska in the season finale, 31-28. So 8-4, three straight losses at one point during the season, but it was three straight losses by a combined 12 points. Yeah, this is a team that was obviously a couple touchdowns away from maybe playing for a Big Ten title um, and, and, and taking advantage of Wisconsin sort of falling apart there in the Big Ten West. Kirk Ferentz, you know, now that uh, Bill Snyder is out, there, I don't, there can't be a coach with a longer tenure at his, at his school than Kirk Ferentz. He's been in Iowa since 1999. Uh, been there such a long time, and has been he's made that program into a consistent year in and year out winner. Uh, they're sort they're sort of similar to Mississippi State. They have eight win seasons. You know, if you look at a five year period, mm-hmm. might have a three seasons where they're eight nine wins. Have one year where they're sort of down to six wins, and then they have a year where they, they go up a notch. That was a couple of years ago. They were undefeated and going into the Big Ten championship game, lost to Michigan State and went to the Rose Bowl. So, you know, sort of similar uh, similar trajectory as a program. I, I think it's a very interesting matchup. The last time Joe Moorhead matched up with Iowa, one of the best games in 2017, where Penn State scores a basically a walk off touchdown. Yeah, uh, Trace McSorley scores a best th- throw he's made of his entire career yeah. was on that play, and and hits. Uh, did he hit Barkley on that one? I think that's right, and and. Uh, for a, a walk-off win against Iowa. So, Moorhead should have some familiarity with them, but at the same time, Ferentz and his defensive staff is going to have that same sort of familiarity with Moorhead and his offense. One of the storylines that's happening right now as teams get ready for bowl games is the announcement of guys who are not going to play. You've heard from LSU that Greedy Williams is not going to play, but Devin White is going to play. Uh, you've heard from Michigan that Rashawn Gary is not going to play. Uh, you've heard the wide receiver at Arizona State, in Keel. Uh, I can't remember his Harry. last name. Herod? Harry. Harry. In yeah. Harry, not going to play in the bowl game. Iowa Hawkeyes tied in Noah Fant, not going to play in the bowl game. The oh, bowl game. Okay. So, so somebody from the Iowa side, uh, who's an all Big Ten tight end for the Hawkeyes, uh, will not be playing in this game. Mississippi State has two, potentially three, first round draft picks on its roster. Uh, in uh, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, and uh, Elton Jenkins. And Jonathan Abram. Uh, Jonathan Abram. There. Probably not a first-rounder, though. I, talking, Maybe? Talking a few weeks ago to Dane Brugler, he really likes him, and he has played at an incredibly high level. Was named first-team All-SEC uh, earlier today. Good stuff for them. We'll get to that uh, All-SEC team coming up a little bit later uh, this afternoon. Um Initial reaction from Joe Moorhead, he expects everybody to be ready to play on January 1st. That's correct. Do you, 
Do you I mean, you, you agree with that? You anticipate that's going to be the case? Well, or do you sit back and wait for a couple of days, uh, maybe get through finals week, and, and then kind of reevaluate? This is sort of the time where if they're going to say otherwise, it, it would be now. My guess is that Moorhead's already spoken to them, and that's why he was so confident in his answer sure. uh, at the, on the, the teleconference yesterday after the bowl was announced. Um, like you said, those are the names to watch. Um, I, I think, you know, right now they, they probably are, are agreeing to that. They may change their mind, but right now it looks as if State's going to have its full roster uh, available to them. Certainly if you're a Mississippi State fan, you want those guys to play, it, it, just in the name of you're trying to win a bowl game. But at the same time, if you are a reasonably level-headed guy and you hear from Jeffrey Simmons or Montez Sweat or any of the others that we were talking about that, they're choosing not to play in the bowl game, you, you you at least kind of understand it, right? I totally would understand it. We're talking about, you know, they're a few months away from being millionaires. If they want to take that, that decision to protect themselves, I get that, man. I, I don't begrudge anybody uh, that, that kind of situation. But at the same time, it looks like these guys are, are going to go ahead and go through with it. And, you know, for a fan, it's, it's tough because you want to see your, the full team. You want to have – the team that you saw on the field in Oxford, you want to see that team in, in the uh, in the bowl game. It gives you the best chance to win the game, obviously. Um, but these guys are they're 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 just a few weeks away, you know, not a few weeks away, but a few months away from life changing money. They have to try to do to protect their investment. If they feel like that's in their best interest, interests, I don't begrudge them the thought of, of not playing in this game. Hey, Dad Borky, how do you guys feel about that? With the idea of the whole let's sit out for a bowl game. You're playing football. You've been playing football for your entire career, and now all of a sudden you don't want to play football before you get to continue playing football. It's really easy to say what you would do if you've never actually been faced with that kind of decision. There are a lot of people that uh, somebody called it disturbing, a, a radio host in Detroit I saw on Twitter, call it disturbing that this trend is going this way. Bowl games matter to a lot of players. They really do. A lot of guys care. It's a really good experience. The fans obviously care. But to call it anything like disturbing or even a wrong decision when you've never had $20 million waved in front of your face, as long as your body's intact, you will get that kind of money. You have no right to say that that decision is incorrect. Yeah, I have no problem with it. I'm not going to act like these kids don't get things from the school, like in terms of facilities and, and food and, and things like that when they play, but they milk so much out of these kids and then to act dismayed that they don't want to play the final game right before you know getting becoming a multi-millionaire i think is dumb i I don't have any problem with them skipping bowl games of any kind and and let's be real a second unless you are on alabama clemson notre dame or oklahoma Oklahoma, doesn't matter you're playing in an exhibition game yes it's a really fun exhibition game you'd like the win it's the nit uh, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, that I would, you wouldn't wait it that The way. Sugar Bowl is bigger than the NIT. In what way, though? It doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. You're not playing for the actual national championship. It matters. Unless you're one of those four teams. Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh-huh. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Rumors spread around in that Texas town. 
It all started by saying that there was something wrong with his dog when there was not actually anything wrong with his dog. And we are now five days away from Michael and Katie getting married. Yes, sir. We will, at this point, I told you it was coming this week. I think the hashtag is advice for Michael. We should have a roast. Adv- no, nobody calls him Michael. Nobody calls me that. Advice for Borky. He gets married in five days. You can have fun with it. You can be serious. You can be, well, you can be really whatever you want to be. Just send us the uh, the notes throughout the week on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M-I-S-S. Advice for Borky. That's the hashtag that you use as he uh, is five days away from getting married. And don't be that guy or that gal that says, it's not too late, run the other way. Don't be that guy. Just because you did it wrong doesn't mean that Michael's doing it wrong. <laughs> hey, okay? Dad has been that guy for the last three weeks at every possible what? turn. Uh, I'm just I'm just joshing with you. Katie, stop by. Uh, Sally, is that where we started? That's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm partially to uh, – there's a little bit of credit here that – you, it probably would have happened regardless. Probably so, but you allowed me to play a card before our first date the, that I wouldn't have played or Hey, I talked about you on the radio today? Exactly. That's good. Because nice. she, she heard it. She listened to it. Really? <laughs> yeah. And she listened to the show since? <laughs> Only on days when you host? Pretty much. Yeah. So not that often. So, uh, yeah. Uh, congratulations. Best wishes to uh, Michael and Katie. Michael will be out on Friday. And uh, we'll be out all next week as he goes on a honeymoon, and uh, we hope that he comes back the following Monday. <laughs> you never know. I guess he would be like Michael mind. Scott and come back with just like one little strand little bead. of beads in my I hair. I say, yeah. am on. <laughs> Playing the <laughs> hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi today, live from College Corner in Flowood. Would love for you to stop by. We're right next to Half Shell. You, you know, the great big building, Half Shell restaurant, uh, kind of right behind where we're set up. If you stop at either of the two College Corner locations between now and close of business today, the one in Ridgeland or the one here in Flowood, do all your normal shopping, and then you should uh, go to the cash register, let them ring you up, you just have a big smile on your face and say, oh, by the way, heard about you guys on Sports Talk Mississippi. Can I have 20% off? And they will say, why, yes, yes, you may. And they will ring knock 20% off. So if you got a $100 purchase, all of a sudden it's only going to cost you 80 You can do the math beyond that. If you want, you're going to buy 1000 bucks. Now you can get that for $800. We're talking about real savings. You're making money coming here there you today. Go. We're literally giving you money. Giving you it to here. you. Uh, it's almost like we're printing it. Um, glad to be with you this afternoon. So we talked some about Mississippi State's matchup uh, against Iowa. Uh, something tells me we'll do a little bit more of that over yeah. the next, oh, I don't know, month. Four, yeah, next four weeks. Yeah, now you uh, you wait. The uh, college bowl games begin on December 15th. So if you're playing on December 15th, you better get to work. you got another ball game in 12 days. If you're a college football player, would you rather, n- never mind the level of the bowl game, let, let's set – Okay, college football playoff, Sugar Bowl versus playing in the uh, uh, the Cheese It Bowl. Sure, whatever. Cheesy. There is a Red Box Bowl this year. Really? Yes, sir. I didn't know Red Box still existed, especially with Netflix. Those and are all kind that, of fading, but it, aren't but they? It does. Oh, they're still around. Yeah, they, they have enough capital to sponsor a bowl game, I guess. Okay. Uh, would you rather play in the one that's twelve days away? Play it December fifteenth. Get done with your season. School's out. Get to go home for the holidays and enjoy it. 
or would you prefer to play on New Year's Day? More people are going to watch your game, but you're losing your entire Christmas vacation. The one way to look at that, though, is you're playing on New Year's Day. means you must have had a pretty good season, right? So that might be one way to look at it. But I, for no, me, I, I, I took that qualifier, took the qualifier out. out. Let's pretend like that doesn't matter. Then I'd rather just prefer to play it two weeks later. Then let's okay. get it over with. You know what else I wish was Where happening am I two weeks is, later? It's happening, too. The location matters. Yeah, that's true. You know what else I wish was happening on December 15th? What's that? We had four quarterfinal college wow. football playoff games. No, we don't. I think, the, and we'll get into it later, I'm sure. I think this year shows not only that we need an 18 playoff, but the current format is flawed. It, it's flawed. Because the four best teams it's aren't playing. It's beyond that, flawed. It's it's. See, this is why it's hard for me to enjoy college football that much and like take it that seriously. Because you've gone now from where you just claim national titles based on some poll to some stupid computer system to now just some incredibly opaque, non-transparent thing where they just put four teams in. Like, how is it this hard to get just a it's normal not. postseason metric? It's not hard at all. It makes no sense, and it's dumb. You know the how the NFL determines dumb. a playoff? Exactly. The it, best records. And the definition of a playoff is how you, but then, you know then how to But then Georgia wouldn't be in. Central right. Florida would be in. It, right. You have a good point. No, it, it's, but Borky's not saying points. He's saying there's a, there's a set way to qualify for it. That is the definition yes. of a playoff is a set way to qualify, and you don't have that. That's so do you agree with the Central Florida AD who tweeted today, it's not a playoff, it's an invitational? It yeah. is. It's not a playoff. That's the, the definition of a playoff is you know how to get there. There's a qualifying system. Yeah. I thought the president of, uh, of UCF earlier, uh, I guess it was on Sunday, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically what he said was, we've got kind of a motto around here. If it's broke, fix it. If we can do better, then let's do better. He said, I wish college football operated in the same way because there is a better way to crown a national champion in college football than the way we're doing it right now. When you take a team that has won 25 consecutive games, I, I, I understand they don't play the same schedule. I get it. But for 25 consecutive games, when UCF has stepped on the field, they have walked off the field a winner. And what's their consolation? Yeah, they beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. Got a nice trophy for it. Printed up some national championship T-shirts. A few, few million dollars. Don't leave that out. Well, that, there's that. And I guess if they beat um, LSU in the yeah. Fiesta Bowl, then they'll get to print but up you know back-to-back what's back national though, championship. Is LSU was going to be disinterested. No. That's, that's going to be no. the narrative. I, I, think you, that I don't think they will be. Year. Because of what happened to Auburn last year. Plus, LSU hasn't been in one of these bowl games in a while. They're going to they're be ready to play. It, they Plus, will never without be McKin- without, without Mackenzie Milton, I don't think they can be. If Mackenzie Milton was playing, I would take Central Florida to win. Central Florida will never be validated. It will never happen. because the teams Until that you can, go to an 18 playoff. Right, because the teams that, that can validate them will refuse to play them. It just, you will never get Ohio State and UCF playing at AT&T Stadium in Arlington to open the season. Ohio State will never do it. Alabama will never do it. Nobody that can validate UCF will agree to play UCF. It won't happen. It's they will never get validated. mind-blowing that you have this sport that is so universally revered across the country and the sport that like this country has an appetite for that you can't quench. Like People want more and more of it, but you can't find a playoff system that makes any sense. 
I just don't. I, I don't the, understand. The problem that. is not that you can't that. find it. Lots and lots and lots of us have come up with an exact way to do it. And don't tell me, well, we can't add one more week because that's when finals are going on. Oh, shut your face! They're playing fifteen games now. If they cared about finals, they would have stopped it to where it was eleven games in yeah. a bowl game. And, to your yeah. point, it and, and no let's and let's pretend just for a second like this. I mean. We can't add another game to the schedule. If, if we do this, we have to get rid of conference championship games. We've got to shorten the season. No, you don't. You're talking about two teams playing one more game. Yeah. You're and not let, talking about everybody playing one more game. You're talking about two teams. And let's not pretend that the student athletes at Alabama and Ohio State have difficult finals weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, I, I just want to say their class schedules in the fall are purposefully easy. I, I would love to see the, the athletic director at Wake Forest banging. We can't add. You're Wake Forest. <laughs> You're never going to go. What do you care? Well, I don't know. They were talking about Jake Fromm's exam schedule on the TV uh, you don't think on Jake Saturday. Fromm's getting a little help. Well, on there his were exam a couple schedule. classes that he's taken that I know I made some C's in, so I feel that. Feel C's for him. get diplomas, my friend. C's yes, get they degrees. Do. Yeah. I, well, Notre Dame's inclusion beyond the UCF thing, I think the fact that Notre Dame played one fewer game than everybody else and didn't have to play in what should have been a competitive game. Alabama had to play Georgia this weekend. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Ohio State had to play an extra game. Yes, the Notre Big Dame Ten played West was down. Notre Dame played nobody. And, and they get a free pass to the playoff now, but, but, because they didn't have that additional extra game. I know they deserve it because yeah, their schedule's not, tough. And, I'm not yeah. questioning the legitimacy of Notre Dame being in this because, you know, 12 times they answered the bell this year. They went undefeated, and they played a pretty good schedule this year. Alabama had to answer the bell 13 times. You're right, and they're in. Yeah, see, but the but problem jo- with that is, is Georgia Georgia's lost probably, twice. But Georgia's probably in if they – like like – Playing the SEC championship game hurt them. If they didn't have that bonus, they're probably they're in. in the playoff. They're in the playoff. If they didn't have to go play the SEC championship game. Well, that's, that's, why that's true. Yeah. That's why but it's you've flawed. had teams, because of the SEC championship game, get in. Yes, no, I'm not Georgia saying Georgia got in it. last year because it. they won the SEC championship game. I'm not saying when it, it hasn't worked both ways, but when it's not working in the team's favor 100% of the time, what's the point of having a game? Why not make this the quarterfinals of the playoff weekend instead of have these non uh, these championship games that you can't figure out that anybody values? Because you can't tell what the committee values on a year-to-year basis. There were 78,000 people in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and I promise you those fans and those two teams valued winning that championship on Saturday. I, I bet promise. They, I bet they value it more if it were a playoff game, though. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe a conference championship doesn't matter everywhere. I think a conference championship matters if you play in the SEC. It does. It's I the first really goal. I believe that. Well, it should goal. matter a lot more. Conference championships should should, it should lead to it you should playing punch in the playoffs. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly. why I've said over and over: the five Power Five conference champions get an automatic bid. Three give the highest ranked. Well, you can either go three at large, or you can. But one say, of them is the highest ranked group of five team, as you were saying. Yeah, I, I would give an automatic bid to the highest ranked group of five team, and then you've got two at large spots. And guess what? You don't devalue the regular season, and that's a stupid argument. Stop making that argument. Sports. Okay. Let's go to the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go again, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm with you 
on this Monday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippy. Glad to have you along for the ride. Don't forget, you can text the show, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. That is the C Spire text line, C Spire, customer inspired. You can also tweet the show at Sports Talk, M-I-S-S. All right, rest of the SEC in their bowl games. Um, some of these matchups are pretty good. Some of these matchups are not so good. Florida-Michigan, at first glance, oh, that's pretty cool. It's two really big brands in college football. And then you start thinking about it, you go, wait, haven't they played each other a bunch lately? And they have. Yeah, Yeah, and the final score is going to be like 13-7. to It's going to be a boring game. No offense at all. All right, so how much more pleasing to the eye would Michigan against LSU have been? That also would have been a boring game. But it's new. It's fresh. You haven't seen it. Yeah. And I've got to believe the Fiesta Bowl – would have preferred to have had those two teams in Phoenix. Yes. Meanwhile, you could have had, instead of Florida-Michigan in the Peach Bowl, Florida and UCF in the Peach Bowl. Why did that game not happen? Is it because Scott Strickland's on the college football playoff committee? The the committee would tell you they just didn't want to send Central Florida the same. And the Peach Bowl has gotten the Game of Five champion, I think, or Group of Five champion at least three times because Houston went there a couple years ago. And beat Florida beat State. Beat Florida State. And then Central Florida was there last year, obviously. Yes. So I think they just, they they were, they were trying to give the group of five a different look. Peach Bowl, by the way, already sold out. I mean, it's not a selling tickets thing. Right. It's it's. But you're right in that Florida versus Central Florida, that would have been a good matchup because Florida would have had Florida couldn't have gone into that game like like Auburn did. No, a year ago. no. Because no. you would have been living the hard life on the recruiting trail the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine the Peach Bowl is not going to get talked about this year. Yeah, nobody nobody's going to talk about yeah, it. Nobody cares. You know what would have gotten the Peach Bowl talked about this year? Ooh. UCF in Florida. Yep. That would have done it. Can you that imagine if UCF wins that game? They would have. And then, you know, Miami and Florida State being what they're being. There, like, there would be, some, be the king of Florida. high level marketing happening yeah. in that in that uh, athletic department. Yeah, no, uh, no question about that. Your two college football playoff matchups: Alabama, Oklahoma, Saturday, December 29th. That is in the Orange Bowl in Miami. That's good. Yes. Yes, that's a good matchup. Should be a lot of fun. Is that is that going to be a good game? I don't think so. Maybe It'll, for a half. A lot of offensive fireworks. Yeah, a lot of people predicting Oklahoma to win. Those people are wrong. I think that's going to be a route. We're also, it should have should be a Heisman Heisman runner up matchup too. Which one's going to win the Heisman? Tua. You know, Kyler Murray is starting to get some traction. He is. Now he's got the, better numbers in every category. I think and Kyler, he's now. But he's the only played non favorite. Tua's in Vegas. only played nine games. Nine games Tua's played. When you count those fourth quarters sitting out, Vegas yeah. knows Kyler's going to win. I think I think Kyler Murray is going to win. Vegas is smarter than us. They that's are. fine, the, and and he can win, and that's great. But and then Tua I, will Vince Young him. Th- there's going to be a score discrepancy in this game, very similar to 2016 Alabama Michigan State. It won't be as dominant. Ooh, it's not going to be 38 to zero. Nothing? No, it's it'll not be zero. Be that, but it's going to be some points. It's going to be 65 35 or 65 28. Alabama Ooh, is going to score on almost every possession. All right, so you're so, picking Alabama by five touchdowns. Am I hearing you right? Yeah. Would they learn? All right. I would not be surprised at all. Let's if, go to another one of those steak dinner bets. I'll take that. You'll take 35? Can I tease you down to 24? Uh, no. Whoa, what? 24 is still fair. 24 hold on, hold on. Double you, the, you, you 13 just, is the spread. Hold on a second. You had it 65-28 a second I'm ago. I'm almost doubling the spread for you. What's, what's the number on the game? You couldn't even get that half, on a I teaser think. if you wanted it. 
Uh, 24 means that. My question, so the question is, will I take uh, Oklahoma plus 24? So you would win at 56-27. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll take Oklahoma plus 24. I Good. think hey, Dad just gave you some bad math. 56-27 30-something, yeah. but 56-37 <laughs> you'd win. But 56-27 is a score you can see happening in your head is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just I, I've yeah, 56-32 would be correct. Yeah. I've just watched Oklahoma play defense against teams that do not no, have you the firepower. Yeah, nobody has. You haven't watched Because <laughs> they don't exist. Uh, against teams that don't even have anywhere close to the offensive firepower that Alabama does. All right. I'm going to say this is more like a 48-31 win for Bama. Are they going to learn their lesson, though, once Clemson blows Notre Dame out of the water and then Alabama destroys Oklahoma? That Please just say you don't care about anything else other than the four best teams. Conferences don't matter. Conference championships don't matter, any of that. Because you're going yeah. to get two uh, semifinal games that are just sleepers. Better chance to win. Notre Dame or Oklahoma. By the way, the oh, other Oklahoma, the other side of the Oklahoma. playoff matchups are Clemson Notre Dame. That's in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, in, the, in the Cotton Bowl, Bowl but played in at, at the Cowboy Lane. Stadium. Yeah, Clemson will route them. Man, how about that decision that Dabo Sweeney made? It, I mean, it takes it takes guts to take out your your quarterback, your veteran quarterback who took you to the playoffs and who has you undefeated for a freshman. I remember somebody and on the show out. saying that was going to happen. Who was, was this that? guy? That was this guy right here. Who? Yeah, he thought he uh, me. Yeah, I said that Trevor Lawrence would take that job. Yeah, and he did. And now you talk about the quarterback Kelly Bryant's decision is tomorrow, December the fourth. That's what it's been said. Any word on War Eagle? It really is. Hey. It really. I think Auburn might might have some momentum right now. But that kid, he's playing the recruiting game the right way. He tells everybody what they want to hear. Everybody thinks they're getting him. Does Arkansas still think they're getting him? If it depends on who you ask. Does Mississippi State think it's getting him? It depends on him? who you ask. Well, I'm asking you. You're I, the Mississippi State guy. If right I, here. if if I'm if at I'm, this table, I think that he's not coming to Mississippi State, but they're in the game. It could happen. What are the stakes of the game? I mean, I, it's pretty obvious Joe Moorhead wants him on the roster. No, 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 no. That's not what I was asking. Oh, you, 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 like, no. how in the game are I, they? I'm not. I'm not putting a steak dinner on it. I'll put it that way. So. I need to bring this again. Text. I thought, I'm not sure you got exactly what I was asking there. He say the value of wherever he values amateurism most is where he's going. That's how this game is played. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I need to bring this text to the table because I think he's trolling us, and I can't be sure. Does it involve somebody's you know it, it didn't, Panther? And didn't their give hand a name. But he said bracket playoffs are awful. Stop shilling for a failed system. Every game should matter. Oh yeah, you're that guy that you're you're that guy that thinks the uh, the regular season is devalued by adding quarterfinals but, to the playoffs. But system. how I'm is it a failed I'm... system? Because that's the system that literally every sport in the United States of America uses and the world to determine a champion. It was sort of incoherent. I'm surprised doesn't. you got a message out of that. Like I'll have what he's having. <laughs> I, I've also got Tia played his way out of the heist and, and Saturday. His numbers were terrible. I think translated Tua played his way out of the Heisman on Saturday. Like Tia Tequila, was that her name? voice text will that was kill you sometimes. I don't know where her name was. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. So the other games involving SEC teams, bowl games. Let's go through these. Uh, so Florida, Michigan, Bama, Oklahoma, LSU, UCF. The Sugar Bowl is sexy on paper. Yes. Georgia, that, Texas. That's gonna be a blowout. I think that'll be a cool game. I, yeah, it's a cool game. It's cool to see cool those two matchup. programs go at each other. And then five minutes into the game, you're going to realize how much better Georgia is than Texas. Will uh, Will Georgia get over the hangover? Yeah. Will Georgia fans get over the hangover? Oh, they're going to New Orleans. 
they'll face a whole new one. <laughs> it will be a brand new kind of hangover. Yeah, they get a brand new hangover. Uh, Twice in one two, one year for going to Louisiana for Georgia fans. Exciting. Yeah, Citrus Bowl, Kentucky, Penn State. That's one of those, it's a New Year's Day game. That's one of those turn it on and sleep off your hangover kind of games. Wake up in the fourth quarter and, oh, that's cool. If Kentucky fans don't go to this game, there's no getting Kentucky fans to go anywhere. I'm saying When are you ever going to go to to the Citrus Bowl again in your life? Kentucky fans will go to Orlando in droves. I think it would be a big for that game. Who did Vanderbilt draw? I was looking at the They're in the Texas Bowl. Yeah. Oh, uh, they are Baylor. Baylor. You want to talk about a yuck matchup. It's a real but clash I'm, of institutions. But I am so happy for Vanderbilt, though, because they are not playing a bowl game in the state of Tennessee. That one's going under the radar. What did he say? I heard it. Okay. What did he say? He <laughs> said that was a real clash of institutional standards. <laughs> <laughs> Who covered up more and swept more under the rug? Baylor. You think we could get James Franklin and Art Bryles there as the honorary captains oh, to toss the point? Woo! That would be something. The uh, that's the that's the <laughs> Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. I'm going. I'm I'm going to go sponsor name. Yeah, the rest. There of was it. a lot of talk about Auburn going to that game. Do you think because Baylor was coming, there was some sort of well, Stidham? They don't want to do that kind of thing. Uh no. Okay. No, I think it was just kind of all the wrangling that was going on behind the scenes. It made more sense to send people different places. Okay, I agree. Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl in Nash Vegas, Auburn. Purdue. Yes. That is going to be a – I think Purdue's going to win that game. Do you? Yeah. Auburn is not good. So Auburn's keeping Gus, right, even though they had a booster that was willing well, to pay $30 million. Well, over $30 million. I want to meet that and guy. And then think oh, about what, what's going to happen. They're already on edge yeah. uh, when they get smoked by Purdue. Chip Lindsey's out. In a 30-degree Nashville. Chip Lindsey is going to be Les Miles' offensive coordinator at Kansas. By the way, speaking of Kelly Bryant real quick, is Stidham for for sure leaving Auburn? He has another year of eligibility. Why is Kelly Bryant going there and Stidham is staying? He's not staying. That's not me saying. Uh, South Carolina's playing who from the Virginia. ACC? South Carolina, Virginia in Charlotte. Missouri against Oklahoma State. Ooh, that's a tasty little matchup for yeah. the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. Yeah. Gator Bowl is A and M, and I don't know who they're playing. Who's A and M playing? That was NC the State, release. I believe. Yeah. NC State. A and M, NC State. Why is NC State, State so boring of an opponent? And then Mississippi State, Iowa in the Outback Bowl. That's a heck of a slate of games, I think. It's a, it's a, it's a good slate for the SEC. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Broadcasting live from College Corner in Flowood. 20% off your entire purchase here or in Ridgeland until closing today. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Morkey, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, 
and you. Hey, you made it. Five o'clock Monday afternoon. Now you're just four days away from the weekend. You can do it. Good to be with you this afternoon. Want a Texas show? I'm sorry. Go ahead. My wife is off every day the rest of the week. Really? Yeah, she she for some reason her vac- our vacation days got a little messed up. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So tomorrow she's off the rest of the week. Nice. So lucky her, and she's off the whole week of Christmas. That's good. She's doing good she's work living, on her part. Right. Yeah, she did uh, good. good work on her part. Hey, you want to text the show? Here's how you can do it. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. That is the C Spire text line. C Spire, customer inspired. You can also tweet the show at Sports Talk M-I-S-S. It's free. It doesn't cost you. A th- All you got to do is get a free Twitter account, and then you can tweet away. Uh, A couple of things you need to know about. You can catch the JT Show live on Wednesday at Parker McGill in Starkville. You can come by, meet JT. He will give you an autograph. He will sign anything or any body part you bring. All you got to bring is a Sharpie, and he will sign away. Also, while you're bringing things, you could bring an unwrapped new toy or make a monetary donation for a child in need this Christmas. That would be lovely. You can also drop off new unwrapped toys at Parker McGill in West Point. It's the JT Show. Parker McGill, Highway 12 in Starkville on Wednesday. Yeah, you can't forget those body parts for him to sign. Don't leave those at home. Sports Talk Mississippi, I, we will not be signing any body parts, will we? I will. Speak You'll sign a body? Yeah. All, right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Let's make sure. I, I, I'm not in that game. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one lie. Hey, man, I, like I said, I told you earlier, I know my wife is listening. Yeah. I've signed very few autographs in my life. Somebody asks you to sign, by golly, you'll sign. Oh, absolutely. Just give me a Sharpie yeah. and you point to the spot. <laughs> I'm just honored you're asking me, man. I, don't I, I care. have signed one, and it was for a relative. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. Was that after you started on this show? No, it was, it was before. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, sorry, we've not. You, you brought me in famous, man. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, that's why we're paying you so much, I suppose. <laughs> Hey, we're, uh, we're live today at College Corner in Flowood. 20% off until close of business today on whatever you buy. Not one item, everything you buy. Total amount of the ticket, 20% off when you check out and tell them you heard about it on Sports Talk Mississippi. What do you say we get to a little college football fix? College football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough, and you might check out the fact that the year-end sales event is going on. That means best deals of the year on tons of vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. And uh, check them out online, buyfordnow.com. Um, bummer for Southern Miss. They should be in a bowl game. They, they won six games and it's not a six games where they're six and six. They're not sitting there at five hundred. They are above five hundred. Uh, it's a bum deal that they lost a game. Who knows what the outcome would have been against Appalachian State? Uh, by the way, Appalachian State now in search of a new head coach. Scott Satterfield is going to Louisville. Good hire for Louisville. That's good, for, uh, Scott Satterfield. Uh, you don't know what the the outcome would have been to that game. You'd have loved to have had the shot, or you would have loved the opportunity to play one extra game to potentially get to seven because Conference USA's bylaws say. Any seven-win teams will be slotted in bowl games above six-win teams. Uh, I think it was Patrick McGee at the Sun-Herald that wrote a column that said, you know, going into the final week, Southern Miss needed three other teams in the conference to lose. And two of them lost, and Tulane won on a crazy two-point conversion play at the end of the ball game. That's probably the difference in Southern Miss being in a bowl game and not being in a bowl game. I talked to Jay Hobson some on uh, Tuesday night last week. We were at the Connerly Trophy presentation uh, in Jackson, and 
you know, I asked him, I said, how do you feel? He said, I feel good, but you don't know. He said, you just got to sit and wait. That's certainly a disappointing way to finish what was a good end to the regular season for the Golden Eagles. And they faced a lot of adversity. You know, I mean, they had lost their quarterback at the beginning of the year and had to bring in Jack Abraham to do that and you know, had some ups and downs, but really finished strong and, and beat some teams that are going to bowl games. So a, a, tough, a tough way to finish the season. For, so a tough week for Southern. So do we need more bowl games? Are there not enough bowl games? I don't know. I, maybe more not. bowl games. We need more. Who's going to argue about that? Yeah. I, I need. I need more college football. Give me. Give me four more bowl games. Let's get through. Let's get Don't we have some more coming? Wasn't there like a one or two a year Myrtle Beach Bowl? The Myrtle Beach Bowl. Next yeah, year, next year. Going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I assume that they're going to play that at Coastal Carolina's football stadium. Yes, they are. Okay. Springs Brooks Stadium, I believe it look, is. Look at this man dropping knowledge. That's knowledge. Being yeah. yeah. Or they, may, they play on the field turf. I knew that. Yeah. I didn't know the name of the stadium though. I think the baseball stadium and the football stadium are named the exact same thing. Really? Guy gave all the money. Okay. Guy that founded Hooters. Really? Which, if you've That's never fantastic. been to Myrtle Beach, is perfect for the college at Myrtle Beach. Just very aptly. Yeah, I actually read up. So I did the very Conway Hooter-esque. South Carolina baseball regional last year that was hosted yeah. by College of uh, uh, excuse, College of Charleston? Coastal Carolina. Coastal, what am I talking Coastal Carolina. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do enough research, apparently. <laughs> no, but I, I, I was they reading. They won a national title a while back. A couple years ago, yeah. They did. They were quite impressive in doing so. No, they. Uh, I started reading up on the, the stadium name, and it, it, that was a bit of a sordid affair. The old, uh, he died, his wife, the kids fighting over it, private equity firm ends up with Hooters, and et cetera, et cetera. It's an uh, interesting read if you're randomly looking to <laughs> kill some time sometime. How about back to the college football fix? Did the committee get it right? Bama won, Clemson two. Notre Dame three, Oklahoma four. Semifinal matchups are Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame, and that means the Georgia Bulldogs are sitting on the sidelines. They're going to the Sugar Bowl, nice consolation prize, but they're not playing for a national championship. That means UCF, who has won 25 consecutive games and is undefeated but plays in the American, is sitting on the sidelines. Their consolation prize is the Fiesta Bowl to match up with LSU. Did the committee get it right? No. Okay, And the thing is, the, the whole problem with this playoff and the way it's set up is it's subjective. Who are the best four teams? To me, I would replace Oklahoma with Georgia. I don't even think Notre Dame is as good as any of them, but I have no reason to think otherwise. They won all their games. Okay, if I heard that earlier. One of you floated it out. Well, Notre Dame shouldn't be in. Okay, who would you replace Notre Dame with? Then Oklahoma. I have a feeling Notre Dame, Ohio State would beat Notre Dame in a neutral site. Okay. By a lot. I don't know if that's true. I don't know that Ohio State. I, I don't trust well, Ohio why are, State. To why do are you guys not impressed with Notre Dame this year? They're just so. They won every game in such like utilitarian they're, they're fashion. Just very average. Who did they blow out? Who did they dominate? You know, I mean, nobody. Nobody. Now they struggled with Northwestern. They struggled, they, they struggled with, with Vanderbilt. Pitt. They struggled with Vanderbilt. They struggled with USC, who was awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just. They won every game, and they'll get their, they get their reward. They're going to get to play Clemson, and Clemson's going to humiliate them, and we're going to have to do the same. Yeah, to answer the but question the- about this stupid set of varying rules that we set within the confines of the college football world each year, I guess they got it right. But Right may be a relative term. Yeah, exactly, just like everything else. In- but it, it's entirely subjective. Is Georgia one of the best four teams in the country? Yes, Based on Washington, probably. I think so. But should they be Well, the then playoff? they didn't get it right. 
Well, exactly. Well, they, well, they didn't come out and say that's your standard. because They like, have. They've said so, but the job of the committee is to put the best four teams in college football in the college football playoff. They need to preface that with nothing else matters than conference championships, conference you play in. Like, right. but, they, but they can't because there are a bunch of people that represent conferences that need their championships to matter. All right, part so, of the problem. So Joel Klatt is less shock jock than Danny Cannell. Would we agree with that? Uh, yeah. Well, just about anybody is less shock jock. But he does sometimes have some out there opinions. I thought there was a quote in something that he did online uh, that I saw earlier today that did make some sense to me. Okay. He's saying, if you want to argue Georgia over Oklahoma or Ohio State, then – Let's just call the college football season a beauty pageant because results don't matter. It's all about how they look, not how they actually perform, not about their results. But the problem is that you're do not you, playing. Do you agree the, with that sentiment? Sort of, but you're not playing the same schedules. You know, if, if Georgia and Oklahoma were playing the same schedule and Georgia went 10 and 2 and Oklahoma was 11 and 1, I'm, I'm cool with Georgia being left out. But Georgia's playing teams that, that would beat Oklahoma. All right. They. they I would think LSU schedule is at least LSU defensively would would handle Oklahoma. I don't know what they could do offensively, but that would be an interesting game. LSU wouldn't give up 600 passing yards to Will Greer. No, they would not. Rippy, you seem disenfranchised by the whole thing. Oh, I think the whole process is just it's dumb. Subjective selection is stupid. All right, let me ask this. Let's say that we go to the model. I'll call it my model. I think there are other people that have adopted it since then. I was the first that I heard come up. Maybe I don't talk to enough people. Five Power Five Conference champions, highest ranked, highest ranked group of five, and then two at large. You play four quarterfinal games on campus of the four highest seeds. That's the second week in December. Then Washington's fine. in. Why Washington does not deserve a shot? At they the won it's the Pac-12 deser- Conference, which is the weakest not, of the. It's Power not five deserving. Five. It, the point being into being a set way to get in the. You playoffs. know it is how not you're a, getting in. It is I, like not the, a I like the idea of it being set, but I don't like the idea of a team like Washington getting well, a shot. Okay, then you just say, "Well, we're just going to allow this committee to subjectively decide who the eight are." That that would be, be better there. than Washington getting a shot. I don't this think so. year, that doesn't make sense. It's not always the case. It's, yeah. it's going to be usually the case. We yeah. might continue this conversation next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Make Studio live at College Corner. Communication system is a go. go. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. All right, Sports Talk Mississippi, back with you. The debate did not stop when we took a break. It was heated even. Brian Haydad is firmly on the side of uh, – what are you on the side of? I don't know. I don't even I mean, know you, where you I am. You are arguing vehemently. I don't believe that some, a team with three, three or four losses that gets lucky and, and wins a conference championship game should be in the – the hunt for a national championship in college football. I mean, we got a text on that note. It says, if you argue the five conference champions should be in, then what if Ohio State and Clemson slipped up on Saturday? We'd have Northwestern and Pitt in the playoff. You can't have that. But here's the That's thing. That's a byproduct of you have for having a system that, that makes sense. But how often does that happen? No, hardly ever. I mean, how, how many times if Clemson and Pittsburgh played in the ACC championship, <laughs> those two teams, out of 100, how many times would Clemson win? 99. 99. But... 
You might get that one. Eh, it might be a hundred. <laughs> I mean, be seriously, it might really be a hundred. So, so that idea that th- these these teams that don't deserve it would get in is valid. But, but at the same but time, you that do have it over in the Pac twelve, where nobody deserves it. I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with Haydad and saying that. Yeah, probably three loss Pac twelve team doesn't deserve to do it. But it's 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 a small price and casualty to pay for a system that largely makes way more sense. And, well, and the the end game is you have an objective as a po- as opposed to a subjective way for determining, uh, what seventy something seventy five percent of the teams that get in, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of this process, when we're looking at this the last week or the second to last week of January, is Alabama going to win the national title? Yes. Did the best team win? Yes. Then, then what? Then that's that's the point, Hold right? On Hold on. The a best team won. I can live with with how we I, got there. I think that you're probably right that Alabama will most likely win the national championship. And if Clemson wins, I can live with that too. Game. But did you not see, um, on Saturday that Alabama is vulnerable? They're vulnerable, but I don't think it matters. I think they're they're if Tua is healthy, they're, they they win. Well, if the committee got it right, they would be vulnerable again because Georgia would be in the playoff again, and clearly Georgia can match up with and play with and potentially beat Alabama. Yeah, and I mean, I think Clemson has shown they can as well. Based off the one sample size, you're having a hard time to convince me that like Alabama's head and shoulders a better team than Georgia. But they've been the better than Georgia. Probably it's closer than maybe anybody else other than Clemson. I, I I agree with that, but. Bet closer to Alabama doesn't mean you're one of the, the top four. I'm just I'm with you. They have Rippy. two losses. They have a bad loss. That loss to LSU is bad. That's a bad loss. It just rubs me the wrong way that a committee, a room full of people, a closed room, by the way, we can we will never hear what they talk about. Filled with people that have their own allegiances and biases. They claim they don't, but if you're the athletic director at the University of Oregon, the first name that came up, the, the chair of the committee, Rob Mullins. Yeah. You're going to tell me that he's honestly making selections without anything at all in his head that would that would benefit him or, or his school or his league. I don't like the subjectivity because subjectivity leads to bias, and there should be no bias or anything like that in selecting this. It should be. And, and their argument would be the size of the committee eliminates that bias, but I don't think that's true because you've always got an alpha. Yep, right. I mean, you've always got somebody that people are drawn to. Oh, the athletic director for the University of Oklahoma is on the committee. Well, but he had to <laughs> he has to recuse himself. himself. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they they didn't cultivate relationships all year when they met, and certainly they had those relationships in all likelihood. All right, let, let Louis tweet or uh, text this, and I think this is interesting. He says, "Why does no one have a problem with Cinderella advancing in the NCAA basketball tournament? But it better not happen." In the football playoffs, really good point. I would, I would actually because in basketball, basketball is different. Cinderellas can win in basketball. Gonzaga is 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 a program that can win consistently in basketball. Well, Gonzaga was a Cinderella fifteen years. Well, ago. Well, what I'm saying is they've built themselves into a Gonzaga's championship program. A power now. There is no there is no mid major becoming ten years down the road. Central Florida, this it's a great story right now. Am I supposed to believe in ten years they're still going undefeated and, and challenged? No, that's not going to happen. I would answer Louie's question a different way. Okay. Louie, we don't have a problem with Cinderella in the opening weekend of the tournament. When we get to weekend number two yeah, and we get to the final four, Butler, we appreciate what you've done. It's a really neat story. Uh, Loyola, Chicago. Loyola, Chicago. Loyola, this Chicago. is really cool. And, and sister 
Dolores, Jean, Jean. Jean, whatever her name was. It's a, it's a really cool scarf you got there. And, and we, got, <laughs> we got these great interviews. But guess what? We're playing for a national championship. You know who I want to watch? Kentucky, Duke. See, I disagree with North that. North Carolina if Butler gets to back-to-back national title games. I'm not going to discount them getting there. Like, I, okay, they, maybe they Butler's every... a bad example. Maybe but, it should be George Mason, uh, George Mason, and Loyola yeah. Chicago. But I think it could be anybody, right? I mean, you get a Gordon Hayward and someone around him, or a team like that. That's the thing about basketball. It's you're just one elite player away from making a long run every time. Yeah. You put a good player at any team, and they got a chance. All right. So, I'm not necessarily disagreeing, though. I'm just saying if if if. I don't know. I don't have a problem with it in basketball or football. Like, So UCF, what do you do with them? Because, I mean, they're Cinderella. They're who we're talking about here. And they're – look, we, we, we've we rewound – or we can rewind to a year ago in this conversation. You, you can rewind to a few years back with, uh, with a Boise State if you want to. But the deal is this. The college football playoff is not open to teams that are not – part of Power 5 conference. Absolutely. If you are not in a Power 5 conference, you are not eligible to be in the college football playoff. That is correct. So what are, you, what are the group of five teams playing for? I'm, I'm not... That, I'm, that's a great question. Yeah. I, which brings up the point, why do you not split it in half? They need to. That, why, that needs to be the next step. It, it, because the, com- the college football playoff committee... Now, Bill Hancock would sit here. You know, it doesn't help. And he did. Though. UCF beating Auburn that beat Alabama and Georgia. I understand. Bill Hancock sat there this summer mm-hmm. when he and I talked, and he goes, oh, no, it is open to UCF. I said, Bill, no, it's not. It's not. It, it's not. Well, if they scheduled differently, okay, well, why don't you go build their schedule for them? Because right. guess who's not going to play them? Anybody from those Power 5 conferences. Not in a home-and-home. Home. No, you're right. So, yeah, State and Ole Miss if UCF. Back in the day, that'll never happen again, though. Sure. You know, back in the, the mid nineties, Dante Culpepper was a quarterback. Yeah, back, different different scenario, different time in, in college football. UCF had like twenty two thousand students then. They got like sixty five thousand yeah. now. Yeah. But how would recruiting to UCF, a major market like that in Orlando, be different if they had if they played in a different conference and had a buncher's chance of going to national title game? They'd probably. That's get why it was so important kid. for them to get to the Big Twelve. Yeah, and it didn't happen. And the best they can do next year, they have Stanford. But there are plenty of, plenty of other schools it. like that. Like I'm thinking Cincinnati and 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 Memphis and some other places where they're just unfortunately a product of what conference they're in, and that doesn't seem very fair. You're right. You're you're right. So either create a scenario that allows one. Look, I give one. You say, look, th- this is open to you, but you have to be the best of your peers. Because your peers are different than, than all the people on the other side of this line. Okay? You, you, you're just different. Not saying you have to like it, but you are different. But if you are the best of, of this group, then you get a legitimate chance to win a national championship. More years than not, you're likely going to be the eight seed. UCF this year might have been the seven. Maybe they would have been the six. But most years you're going to be the eight seed. But. You get to be part of the tournament. Right now, there is no scenario, not one scenario, where if you are outside the Power Five, you can qualify for the tournament. So what's the point in being part of the overall field? There is no point. There is is no point. Why, just as a sport, it's just so dumb. Well, here's one thing to remember, and this is something that gets lost a lot. College football 
is not all about the national championship. All right? Like, when we wake up on, in the 1st of August and start getting ready for college football, maybe 10 teams, maybe 12 are legitimately going to play for have a realistic shot at the national championship. The I other, agree with that. The, the other 100 programs, they're just playing to see how good they can be that year. But that, but that 10 or 12 teams is fluid. It can change. It doesn't change but much. It doesn't, but I mean, it can. Alabama unless has been good you're, forever. Unless you're in the... Or unless you're not in the Power Five. Well, hold on a second. You said just a little an hour ago. You said Alabama hasn't been good forever. They haven't been good forever because they made some bad choices. But when they make the right choices, they're good. You know, they were good in the '60s, '70s, '80s, or '90s. Early '90s, they were good. Uh, down for a while because they, you know they had some issues there. They That's made right. some, some bad. Oklahoma hires. was down for a while. Made, made but, a bad hire. But, but when, they all... when those programs have the right man in charge, they are basically on cruise control to national championship opportunities. Yeah, but a lot of them don't. I mean, how many right men in charge are there in college football yeah, right that now? that argument, Texas would already be there. Same with... Texas made some bad choice. Charlie Strong was a bad choice. Yeah, but Texas had the guy that won them a national championship in charge, and then it went south. Yeah, it went south. Yeah. So they had the right guy, and then it even went south with the right guy. Yeah. You, that, that's... That's why he's at North Carolina now. Getting ready to take that program to nowhere. Yeah. But that's what he's saying. It's not always going to be great if you have quote unquote the right guy because you got a guy that won a national title and it still wasn't great. Most people don't have the ability to singularly focus in tunnel vision the way Nick Saban does. You're right. There's maybe four or five guys like that right now. Sweeney, Lincoln Riley looks like he's won. Kirby Smart is one. Not even sold on Franklin. James Franklin? Nah. Yeah, I'm not sold on James Franklin. I know you aren't. Sports Talk Mississippi. Fun afternoon. Hope you, uh, you're enjoying it as well. More coming up. We'll continue in the Renaissance Bank Studio broadcasting live from College Corner. Check out their website, collegecornerstore.com. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Live from College Corner in Flowood. It's gotten dark outside, but uh, College Corner will be open here in this location until 8 o'clock. The Ridgeland location will be open until 7 tonight. If you stop in and buy something, tell them you heard about College Corner on Sports Talk Mississippi. They'll give you 20% off at the register. That is until the close of business today. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, I'm Richard Cross. All SEC teams were announced today. And uh, had a little Mississippi flavor to it. A.J. Brown was a unanimous first-team All-SEC selection at the wide receiver spot. You also had uh, Greg Little from Ole Miss on the first-team offense. On the first-team defense, not surprisingly, a couple of defensive linemen from Mississippi State, Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. Jonathan Abram named a first-team All-SEC safety as well. The uh, second-team, anybody? Uh, from Mississippi anyone, State, anyone. Errol Thompson. Thompson and Cameron Dantzler. Yeah. Second team defense. Good choices there. Offensive player of the year in the SEC was Tua Tonga-Vailoa from Alabama. Defensive player of the year, Josh Allen from Kentucky. And the newcomer of the year, I think this is a good one, Keyshawn, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn at, uh, at Vanderbilt. He was really good, especially when he was healthy and was a transfer from Illinois. Mark Stoops named SEC Coach of the Year. 
Do you agree with that? It was either going to be him or Mullen, in my opinion. Seems like that was decided in October. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what, it's that, still the right choice, probably. Over Mullen, you think? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, just, the, the like jobs it's just are, easier to win at Florida. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Um, we do know that Alabama didn't lose a game this year, right? They did not. I understand. I know where you're going. Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. But. Have to check the tape on that. That's um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That but but going undefeated. Well, it's it's and winning the SEC championship is not reason enough to give somebody coach of the year, right? What about Orgeron? Well, he is the coach of the year every year as long as he's coaching. Just like LeBron James is the MVP of the NBA every year as long as he's playing in the NBA. So just got to spread the love a little. I, I, apparently, but. Okay. What about Orgeron going nine and three with an LSU team that everybody thought was going to be a little down this year? I yeah. think that's a and that he reasonable. Be the coach of it this point yeah. in the year, yeah, and true. and I thought that I thought it was going to be I a tank too. bomb. I did but too. and I after they lost to Texas A and M, and I, I understand how they lost and how that game went, but still, Ed, Ed Orgeron did a great job coaching. Okay, it was a great coaching job, and he still lost three games at LSU. That's true. Second Why are we year. moving the goalposts for that guy? Second year, I don't think we're moving the goalposts. If you go nine and three, nine and three, your first two years at LSU, I think it's about what you do after that and make the next jump. But I don't think that's a bad year one and year two, yeah. particularly when this was supposed to be a transition year from a talent standpoint on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, Is Joe Burrow back next year. Yes, he's got another yeah. year at quarterback, right? He does, and they but just, he was not impressive. I was about to say, not, yeah, I'm not sure how much that helps them. Well, he threw for twenty six hundred yards. Yeah, but he only completed, what, like 53% of his passes? 2,600 yards is not a lot. It's not a lot of yards, yeah. Well, I mean, if you start looking around the SEC, it's about what most quarterbacks in the SEC threw for. It's about 200 but and change this is LSU. This is my point. Is I mean, we're, we're celebrating a 9-3 and three at LSU. When they were celebrating a nine and three, I know they were supposed to go six and six because Ed, Ed Orgeron tanked that's at what, other places. That's why we're, but we're the, not the, celebrating eight and four, at Mississippi State, three, because we thought they were going to go the, nine and three, ten and but two. That nine and three won't should, be celebrated next year. I agree with that. They shouldn't be celebrated that, now. Next year, they're going to expect LSU to be a player in the SEC. I mean, what is who is to give me one reason why Ed Orgeron is not less miles with a funny accent? One reason that you think well, he's only been there two years, he's only been right? There two now. seasons, okay. I mean, just and no, he, I don't disagree. He didn't, he's with not that. taking over You're for probably, Saban. He's probably right, though. But Les Miles won a national title, pretty good coach. I think more of the mistake was you probably don't fire Les Miles. Well, I think I don't have a problem with them letting go of Les Miles because I thought can the we can the grass stick with Les Miles go away? Yeah, that's that's annoying. It's it's not funny anymore. The Kansas mascot had a had a thing of grass at a basketball game was holding a thing of grass for him to to take. Bites out of at I don't a basketball think the game. Pesticides in his head are going away. <laughs> jokes yeah. go away. Yeah. That's uh, that, that's reasonable. If I was an LSU fan, I would. I mean, this is just not good enough for for what they have. Well, I mean, not look, even close. Two of their losses are what by by four points, and then they, they lose the that ridiculous See, the, seven overtime. Game. I mean, the one area they still I just, lost the game though. Yeah, the I, one area I disagree with. I think it's good enough with what they had to work with. On they the weren't expecting to go nine this three year. this year. Their fans were not expecting that. But their standards are somehow extremely low. Well, they, they've been down for a few years. They, they, they will get back up. You know, or that, they won't. That's why Ogeron will get fired. That's but what I was saying about this year. Like state state needs to beat LSU here. because this is how often are they going to be down? What did you say? Is anybody in the West getting back up, quote-unquote, to a national championship level while Nick Saban is there? I doubt it. Well, that's the, everybody in the West. A- A&M would be A&M is, my is, biggest fear. Yeah, A&M's recruiting well. They're playing, they're playing good. Because they have one guy that's done it. There's one guy in the West, or there's one guy in the SEC other than Nick Saban who's done it. Yeah. 
LSU almost got that guy who's done it. Almost too. did. That would have been that would have been the best scenario. For Why them. didn't they? There was an well, they balked on the money. There was an article I didn't read it though recently about that that sort of detailed that whole saga of how Jimbo ended up not being at LSU. He wanted to be. He wanted to be. So you're going to tell me Joe Oliva screwed something up? I, oh, I don't have oh any, now I understand. I don't have any problem. Uh, now I understand. Breaking that. My thing with the Orgeron thing is if he's always been a dynamic recruiter, that's a cliched term, but if he actually lets two high-profile coordinators do their job on either side, I'm not convinced that can't work. But, and he does it with Aranda, and then I, you know he made yeah. the change on offense to go to this more pro-style thing, and – I think for what the talent he has right now, it's probably going to be the best case scenario to, to run a sort of a uh, an old school kind of offense. He doesn't have a dynamic quarterback that he can just put out there and let make plays. You, you'll have to forgive me for the jump cut here, but we're two hours and forty five minutes in. I think this is fascinating to a lot of people right now. Ole Miss is in search of a defensive coordinator, and the news over the weekend came out that um, uh, one, Ole Miss was targeting a really intriguing name, and two they are apparently going to back the Brinks truck up to try and convince him to come. That name is 34-year-old Pete Golding, who is the co-defensive coordinator at Alabama. About halfway through the season, he picked up the play-calling responsibilities on the defensive side of the ball. Pete Golding is originally from Louisiana, went to school at Delta State, did a really good job at ULM, caught the attention of Nick Saban, was brought in, Making, what, about half a million dollars, give or take, at uh, at Alabama. Yeah. And Tosh Lupoy is currently the defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator, and he's making over a million. So, uh, reportedly, Ole Miss is in talks with Pete Golding to be the defensive coordinator somewhere in the neighborhood of for, – for somewhere in the neighborhood of $2 million a year. Maybe a little less than that. What – let, let's um, let's take this in two parts. Uh, first, n- never mind whether or not they actually get Pete Golding. What does Ole Miss being willing to pay two million dollars for a defensive coordinator mean? Matt Luke is serious about turning things around and and winning, or at least giving one heck of an effort to. Because you talk about it. I mean, from from what I've heard, if it if it's not him. It, it's likely Mike McIntyre. I, I mean, it, it it seems to be trending that direction. So either way, it's a, it's. I mean, you're you're shooting. I mean, you're, he's going out and he's going to get high, high profile guys, I guess, for yeah. Ole Miss. So would his predecessor have had a top two of Pete Golding and Mike McIntyre? No, and I think that's mostly <laughs> cases. It seems like Matt Luke has more of a plan yes. than he than his predecessor did. And more going, connections. Yes. I mean, you got to think, we brought this up before, the two hires he's made, Sumrall, Bicknell, two of the best position coaches on the on the staff. And so I, I've talked to a couple of people today um, that have told me, one, the job is Pete Golding's to accept or decline, and that that decision will likely be made by the middle of this week. I think the hope for Ole Miss people is that by the end of the week, they can actually make an announcement as to who the new defensive coordinator is as you get closer and closer to the early signing period. One thing with Alabama assistants when they get hired, they stick it out. They, they don't leave. You know, Kirby Smart stayed until after the national championship. But he, he went back and forth. He's he did go back and forth. But you have other options. That's the thing, though. With Ole Miss, with their situation defensively, don't, don't you sort of want to maybe bring in a guy that's, hey, I can be there day one? As long as you can make the hire public. 
just his existence and, and what enough, he's doing is enough Maybe. to sell. Okay. Um, so, so that would be part number one. And then part number two um, would be, yes, Mike McIntyre is the plan. The only concern that you have with Mike McIntyre is does somebody else make an offer to him? Does he accept another position somewhere else while you are waiting on an answer from Pete Golding? And the third thing, I've had someone tell me that the expectation, uh, and this was not somebody tied to Ole Miss, was that... A Super Talk Mississippi media production.